I believe I have a word from the Lord for us today. I do not say that lightly. I seek that to always be the case, but I feel strongly in my spirit this morning. You know, life takes some interesting turns along the way, doesn't it? You can have the you can have the best laid plans and ideas about how things will go and how things should go and you can plan and lay it out and organize and structure and then lo and behold something can happen that disrupts your plans and my plans and the Lord will do that, you know. He'll disrupt our plans at times for different reasons. He'll disrupt our plans to get our attention. He will disrupt our plans to cause us to pray. He'll disrupt our plans to get us back in alignment with His plan, especially if our plan don't align, doesn't align with His plan. He will... Many different reasons, because we... We as people of God, I would trust our praying, God, direct my path, order my steps. I, my life, we sing it, my life is laid down. I don't belong to myself, right, Lord? My life belongs to you. And so I, I've prayed many times, Lord, I give you permission to disrupt my plans. I want the plan of God for my life, don't you? The plan of God is really the will of God for our life. The will of God, you've heard me say it before, the will of God is not a destination the will of God is a journey. We, we should walk in the will of God. This is what we endeavor to do, daily finding and walking in the will of God. And we recognize at times when we, we use the term we've missed it, that usually means we just sort of got a little bit off of the path that God had. Or Now, we don't condemn ourselves and beat ourselves up. We just seek to trust the hand of God to direct us back in and take that that maybe was our own doing. He can take it and then turn around and use it. That's the... It's what I would call the adaptive will of God. Now, His determined will for us doesn't change, but His will does adapt because we miss the mark sometimes, and so He has to adjust to bring us back in alignment with His will versus just write us off. Aren't you thankful He doesn't just write us off? Amen. Because all of us would have been written off a long time ago. Amen? We just know that about ourselves. But, I, you know, there's times we... We can look at our life and we can have regrets if we're not careful for the wrong things. I, uh, I, was, I was raised predominantly by my mother and my stepfather. And I did not consider him as life went on a stepfather because he was just always there. He provided for us, kept a roof over our head. Everything wasn't perfect. By any means, you've heard me share some of the testimony of what God has done in my life. But I don't discount the things that were done. Does that make sense? And so um, I was separated from my biological father at five years old. And by the grace of God, I believe we were reunited when I was 18. And, and a relationship has ensued, again, by the grace of God over the last 35 years. And, you know, as growing up through those things and looking at stuff, I could feel like I, I lost so much. I missed out on so much. I, what happened there? 
But it's an interesting thing if you look in the Word of God, Isaiah chapter 49. It's a beautiful chapter. We're not going to read the whole thing today. We may point to different parts of it, but I want you to see something here in the Word of the Lord. Isaiah 49 is the chapter where Jacob is near the end of his life. Jacob, of course, is the father of the tribes of Israel. He and his wives had 12 sons. These 12 sons become the tribes of Israel. They become a great nation. And here in Isaiah, or in Isaiah, here in Genesis, I think I said Isaiah a while ago, sorry. Here in Genesis chapter 49, we find Jacob blessing his sons and speaking blessing over their lives. And I want us to just go to verse number 22, where he begins to pray for Joseph. And he blessed his sons in order of their age, from the eldest to the least. And so Joseph was the second to the last, just before Benjamin. And I trust most of us know the story of Joseph. So verse 22, at the end of Jacob's life, he says, Joseph is a fruitful bow, even a fruitful bow by a well, whose branches run over the wall. I want you to get that picture of how he's describing his son, Joseph. Joseph, your, your life is fruitful. Your life is so fruitful. It's, it's like a fruit-producing plant that is right beside the well. It never lacks water. And so it's just so fruitful. And the well that is there feeding your life, the branches couldn't even be contained on one side of the wall. The blessing on your life is so fruitful that the branches just begin to reach over the wall. They begin to reach beyond just where you were, Joseph. This is your life, a fruitful life, a life by a well, Joseph, a life where fruit comes and your arms kept reaching. This is your life, Joseph. Verse 23, you got that picture? The archers have sorely grieved him. Oh, this doesn't sound like a good part of the life. And they shot at him and they hated him. Those words that are used there, we won't take the time to delve into each one of them because I don't have it in front of me. But those words there speak of Men who were bitter and resentful. And as a result of their bitterness and resentment, they took shots at Joseph. They grieved him with their words and their actions and their attitudes. They even hated him. We know that this is his brothers. Not just his brothers. We know this was Potiphar's wife. These are the, but don't forget what Joseph is. Joseph is a fruitful bow whose branches are reaching and he's producing fruit in his life. But he's been sorely grieved along the way. People have hated him along the way. People have taken shots at him along the way. Some of the ones the closest to him. But watch, verse 24. But in spite of all of that, His bow abode in strength. It's an important thing right there. 
Notice he speaks of archers that did these things to him. And then he speaks of Joseph's bow. The bow speaks of the place that one's strength is and where one's strength comes from. Here it says his bow abode in strength. Notice it did not abide in revenge. It did not abide. He did not shoot back. To shoot back would have been given up the strength of his bow. He abode in strength. And the arms of his hands, they were made strong, not by his brethren, but by the hands of the mighty God of Jacob. And from thence is the shepherd, the stone of Israel. Now, Jacob is still praying blessing on Joseph's life. We're still reading Jacob's prayer of blessing on Joseph's life. It's sort of interesting. Joseph is the 11th of 12 sons. The first 21 verses cover the first 10 sons. So on average, two verses per son. And some of them are one-liners. But Joseph, Jacob can't stop speaking of blessing. But watch, it gets better. Verse 25. Even by the God of your father who shall help you, and by the Almighty who shall bless you. He's going to bless you with blessings of heaven above. He's going to bless you with blessings of the deep that lieth underneath. He's going to give you blessings of the breasts and the blessings of the womb. Joseph, you're a fruitful bow. Joseph, people have shot at you. People have grieved you. People have hated you. But you abode in strength and God strengthened your hand. And Joseph, as a result, you're blessed. You're blessed by the God of your father. You're blessed from heaven above. You're blessed from beneath. You're blessed of the breast. You're blessed of the womb. Joseph, your life is blessed. Now hear me. Verse 26. The blessings of your father. It's his father talking, you understand. Jacob. The blessings of your father, they have prevailed. Oh, not the, not the shots of the archers. Those haven't prevailed. Not those that grieved you sorely. That hasn't prevailed. Not those that hated you. That hasn't prevailed. Joseph, what's prevailed in your life is the blessings of your father. And you want to know how greatly those prevailed? Joseph, those blessings have prevailed above the blessings of my progenitors. Now, we don't use that word anymore. You got to like his what? The word literally means my ancestors. Jacob just prayed all of this and is still praying all of this over Joseph's life. And he says, Joseph, your life is so blessed. You're so fruitful. You're so blessed that the blessings that are on your life, Joseph, are greater than the blessings that were on Abraham and Isaac and on my life. This is how great. Now, did you catch that? That's who the ancestors were. When we talk about the God who strengthens Joseph's hands, we're talking about the one that is oft recorded as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We serve the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob brought us out of this. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob did this. But Jacob says, Joseph, the blessings of God 
have prevailed on your life above the blessings of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Yes, you were hated. Yes, you were grieved. Yes, you were shot at. But I'm telling you, Joseph, your life is fruitful today. Your life is like, it's by a well. There's so much coming out of your life. And Joseph, you didn't produce that. The blessing of God came on your life. Through the midst of all that you went through, the blessing of God came there. And because of what you went through, Joseph, your life is blessed from above. And it's blessed from beneath. It's blessed on the left. It's blessed on the right. Your life is a life of blessing. It's prevailed above the blessings of my progenitors or ancestors unto the utmost bound of the everlasting hills. Watch. They shall be on the head of Joseph. That's a crown, you know. Something that sits on the head is a crown. Jacob is blessing. He's saying, I'm setting a crown of blessings on the life of one that's already blessed. It, oh, it says that. And on the crown of the head of him that was what? Aha. Separate from his brethren. I want to talk to you just a few minutes about the pain and the blessing of separation. The pain, the pain and the blessing of separation. Would you pray with me this morning and ask the Lord to talk to our lives? Lord Jesus, I pray today by this, your holy word, that you would open our understanding. I ask you, Lord, in your infinite ability to pull back the curtain of our lives this morning. As we open the word of God here, I ask you to pull back the curtain of our lives and give us a perspective that we have not yet seen, but you have ordained for this hour so that we would walk in the calling of God without regret, without remorse, and without fear. In the name of Jesus, I pray the authority of your word and spirit in this room. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We would look at Joseph's life and think, man, he went through it. And he did. He did. He was loved by his father. We know the story of his coat of many colors. We know the story of his brothers hating him because he had a dream from God. He was called of God. We know that. We recognize that. And you should understand this this morning. If you have the calling of God on your life, and I believe you do. Young people, I hope you're listening. I know you are. If you have the calling of God on your life, there will be shots taken at you. Don't be distracted by the shots. Don't be distracted by those things. Don't let the grieving of others, the hatred, the, those things. You know, Joseph could have let 
those things that happened in his life rob him of the dreams that God gave him. He could have let the events of his life be the reason why he could never quite become what God intended if he wanted to. You understand, every one of us has to face these things in our life. We've lived long enough, at least those of us in this room this morning, except maybe Mateo, we have lived long enough to know. He, he's just a few months old. That's why I said he may not know yet. He's still pretty sheltered. We've lived long enough to know life doesn't always go the way we plan. And it takes these turns, and, and the turns can come in, in ways of crisis and pain and hurt and, and circumstances that were never part of what we thought would take place. They were... They were never, we never saw ourselves in this predicament. We never saw ourselves at this point in the journey. We, we, when we mapped out our lives and told people what it was going to look like, it, it didn't look like this wasn't written into our story. If we were writing our story, I didn't plan this. I didn't hope, man, my goodness, I never. And then that thing came and it seemed like it just upended our whole life. And, and you can go in and fill in the blanks. I'm being careful this morning because I look and I see you and I, I know you and, I know some of your stories. And so when I'm saying these things, I, I see some of those places of your life and in my mind's eye and the spirit. I, I know life hasn't gone exactly the way you thought it should all along the journey. I know that what you started out, maybe that day you said, I do. And you thought about a life down the road. It didn't go the way you thought. Or maybe you went out of high school into college and you had a life. And then something happened, whether a wrong decision or something done to you. or And then life didn't go the way you thought. It seemed like it just totally upended your life. And you, where am I now? And what am I doing? And you, But the faithfulness of God, as we sang, remained. The faithfulness of God remained. The faithfulness of God remained. And so we see and we must understand as children of God, this happens. And God is still faithful. God still remains. God's promises do not waver. God's commitment to us does not change. The question is, when the upending of my life comes, what do I do? How do I see it? Can I take that circumstance, that situation, that pain, that hurt, the grieving of my brethren, if it were the case, that which was, you know, because we can't be necessarily hurt by those that The greatest pain comes from those we care the most about. That's why it hurts so much. And so I have choices in life. I have choices and you have choices. I can begin to look and say, I'm not telling you that God made that happen, but God allowed it to happen because men have free will. We all have free will. And so God doesn't step in and say, okay, this person's going to do good, so I'm going to give them free will. But this person's going to do bad, so therefore I'm going to take their free will away. People always ask, why do bad things happen to good people? Because all of us have free will. The good people have free will and the bad people have free will. So God doesn't strip us of our free will just because whether we're going to do good or not. And so God allows that through free will. But God is faithful. And so even if someone has in their free will hurt you or I, God can take that and say, I'll use it. I'll use it. I'll take that and turn it. I'll use it. 
we see in Joseph's life, I won't walk through the whole story this morning. We can read all those scriptures. Again, I'm trusting that most of you know it. Sold by his brethren into slavery. Sold into Potiphar's house. Lied on by Potiphar's wife. Cast into prison. More than 12 years at least of his life seemingly spent at the cost of his brothers taking a hateful act against him. Man, you want to talk about having opportunity to get bitter. I mean, it wasn't like he was still living at home and still had all the fineries that came with being Jacob's son in Jacob's house. He was in a strange land, totally removed from family. He was in a strange land and he made the best of it. Then he ends up in prison. And in prison, I just imagine you got some time to think. And you know, sometimes time to think is not always the best time. Some of you understand what I mean by that. Sometimes time to think is not always a good thing. Because we get wrapped up in our thoughts. We probably should get in the Word and let the Word tell us what to think in those seasons. But Joseph was in this place. He was, it would seem, separated from all family separated from Canaan, separated from his father. He'd lost his mother, separated, separated. A life of separation, it seemed. Separation feels like loss. And humanity, in the short term, sees separation as loss. Because it often comes in that form. And it takes the wisdom of years and the faithfulness of God to look and see that loss was separation that brought blessing on my life. I thank God for my dad. I've learned things from him. I still learn from him. I spent time with him last, this last week. So I learned some things. We spoke, we talked about how different people, how we see things and stuff like that. But I recognize that which seemed at times the greatest hurt to my life was really the blessing of separation. I know my life would have looked differently had he raised me all those years. And so the Lord brought a blessing of separation in order to take a life. I'm telling you today, some of you, what you did not have in your life that you have mourned is the blessing of God on your life of separation. Would you pray with me right now? I feel like the Holy Ghost is bringing some revelation for some of you today. Come on, there's healing in the room this morning. There's healing and there's revelation this morning. You don't think that Joseph somewhere along the way prayed? Why me? 
Why did I? I mean, he finally got to the point at one place in the prison where he decided, I got to act out in my own way. I got to try to fix this myself. And Joseph said, hey, when you get back in front of Pharaoh, remember me. I don't belong here. I'm a Hebrew. My people, I'm supposed to read it in the scripture. I'm not supposed to be in this place. Tell Pharaoh, get me out of here. I'm supposed to. I think he was homesick. I think he was missing something. That's that's human nature. I think he was concerned about the fact that he was not there covered and he wanted to be with his family. That's a human attribute. That's a human attribute. You understand? It was the pain of separation. Because God had a greater purpose in Joseph's life. And so he knew, Joseph, there's going to be pain from separation. But if you'll stay the course and trust me, there's also blessing. And it's blessing that comes because you are separated. Everything that Jacob just declared to Joseph, he summed it up with those words, him that was separate from his brethren. All the blessings of your father, the blessings that are greater than that on all of your ancestors, the blessings that come from the everlasting hills, the blessings from heaven, the blessings from the deep, all of those blessings, Joseph, came on you. Read the other 22 verses before and read the verse afterwards about Benjamin. None of that came out on them. Joseph, all this has come on your head because you were separate. You know what's beautiful about this? You read this whole chapter or you read this, the rest of the book of Genesis, these last three cha two chapters. Jacob asked Joseph, Joseph, I'd also like you to do something else. Joseph, because you were separate, I didn't grow up with my grandsons around me the way I did with the other grandchildren. Joseph, bring your sons to me. And Joseph brought Manasseh and Ephraim to Jacob. And Jacob took his hands and set them upon like this, upon the hands of Manasseh and Ephraim and spoke blessing on the next generation. He did not do that with any of the others. But because Joseph was separate, there wasn't just blessing on Joseph. Jacob prayed blessing on the next generation as well. I'm telling you, I know the pain of separation. I know the pain of hurt. I know the pain of what it seems I've missed out. I lost out on. I endured things because of if. And, and I've had the stories in my mind at times through the years before the Lord healed me. Man, it sure would have been different if that hadn't have happened. Man, if only it seemed like I wouldn't have had to go through this if. You know, can you hear Joseph maybe? Man, if my brothers wouldn't have done this, I'd never been in this prison cell. If my brothers hadn't have done this, I would have never been in Potiphar's house and that woman lying on me. Why? 
and looking back, if only, if only. And a life that's lived in regret is full of if only. And so the Lord in his infinite wisdom would try to pull back the curtain and allow us to see, yes, there is pain in separation, but the pain is temporal, but the blessing can come and flow from generation to generation to generation. Joseph, you're no longer living in regret. You're living in blessing. Your life is a fruitful bow by a well whose branches run over the wall. And the blessing that's on your life is because you were separate. the Lord will allow circumstances to separate us. Not to destroy us. I'm not talking about our marriage. Make that clear. The Lord, what God has joined together, let no man put asunder. I want to make sure I draw a distinction there. But he will bring things that separate us. That You know, sometimes in our world, especially today, hear me, young people, especially. We sometimes strive so hard to fit in. That's, that's an element of human nature to want to be accepted. And so because we desire acceptance, we strive so hard to fit in. But hear me, the blessing of the Lord doesn't come by fitting in. The blessing of the Lord comes by standing out. Separation is a blessing of God. It doesn't mean it's not without pain. That's what we just read there in Genesis 49. There is pain, but the blessing far outweighs the pain of the separation. Great blessing comes to the separated. Not just separated to be separated, separated unto God. Separated unto God. And it brings blessing on your life and mine. Second Corinthians, very familiar place in scripture to us. Verse 17, or chapter 6, Second Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 17. The Apostle Paul is addressing the church of the living God, you and I. And this is what he says to the church. Wherefore, you can read the earlier verses. He talks about being unequally yoked, fellowship of light and darkness, concord with Belial, all those things. And the temple of God. That's his body with idols. He asked about all those things. And then he says this in verse 17. Wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. And I will, what? I will receive you. And 
I will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord God Almighty, the Lord Almighty. It's the blessing of separation. It's the blessing of separation. We're not meant to fit in. We're not meant to look like, act like, walk like, talk like, live like, be like this world. We're called to be separate. That's not without pain. That's not without pain. I, I went to public school my whole life, except for one year in the fourth grade. And I know what peer pressure in the school system is. And I, I thank God so many of our kids are homeschooled. Um, I, I thank God for the ones that are at public school. God knows all of that. I'm not trying to push one way or the other. Uh, if you can homeschool, great. If they're in public school, you can put enough in them that it'll keep them. I'm not afraid of this world. I'm going to say that again. I'm not afraid of this world. I'm not afraid of the God of this world. I'm not afraid. And I'm not ignorant of those things, but I'm not afraid. And I'm not going to raise my children to be, well, I'm done raising them for the most part. I mean, I still got a little work to do, but for the most part, Ethan pointed at Autumn over here in case y'all couldn't see. So, uh, but I determined somewhere along the way, I, I think it was, I think it was when we sent all three of them to public school the first time. Ethan must have been five or six. And Autumn was however much older than she is now than him. She was that much older than him then too. And Joey was that much older than them. And uh, it was when we moved here to the west side or to the east side. We moved out to Hera on the res. And we made the decision that we were going to send our kids to the public school out there. We didn't know anything about it. We knew when we drew by it, it had a six-foot fence all the way around it. So we thought, well, that's an indicator. I don't know if it was to keep the kids in or to keep people out or both. But we made a decision to send all three of them. We thought they'll all three be at the same school. And uh, so we did. We sent them all. And I, I, I wrestled with that decision, as I think any parent would, anytime you're making a decision for your kids. We wrestled with that as parents. And I prayed about it. I, I, I still felt like it was the thing to do. My wife and I talked about it. And, and so we did. And we, we sent them. And I, in my, I know some of you have heard this before, but I feel like I need to share it again this morning. I, as I was praying about that and praying about that and wrestling through that and Man, I was praying all kinds of covering over, man. I'm pleading the blood over my kids. And I, 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 think, I think all of them, well, no, they hadn't all been baptized yet at that point. But I was pleading the blood of Jesus over that, praying a covering over their life as their spiritual authority, as their dad, and praying, and God, keep them, cover them, put a hedge around them, man. send angels with them. I, I was praying every verse I could think of to cover them, protect them, keep them. You know what I mean? I'm a parent, too. I was praying all that. Well, the problem with me praying all of that was that the reality is much of it was rooted in fear. 
Didn't mean God didn't hear me, but God doesn't want me praying for my kids from a place of fear. So God in His infinite love for me helped me to realize what I was doing. And this is how the Lord got my attention. As I was praying that one day, the Lord said, you can't put enough around them to keep them. Now, I'm like, Lord, that's not encouraging. That's really the thought I had. Lord, that's not encouraging me here. And then in the way that only God can, in his still, gentle, small voice, he said, what you put in them will keep them. And so I determined my focus would be what I put in them, and I would not fear what was around them. Why? Because I believe the word of God and greater, 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 greater is he that is in you. Young people, are you hearing me? I just want to get right in your faces this morning. I'm feeling this a little bit. It's youth camp coming out of me. You hear me? Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. The pain of separation is simply a catalyst for great blessing on your life. Don't fear the world. I'm not saying be casual and reckless and negligent. But we cannot live our lives in fear. We're separated. We're filled with the spirit. It's interesting in reading about Joseph's life. We never read in him any concern about Egypt hurting or harming him. It's interesting to me in reading about Moses' life, who was raised in Pharaoh's house under Egyptian tutelage. You understand, he was just a little child, and then he was separated from his family. God uses separated people. See, sometimes I know of what I speak. Sometimes we see the separation that came from our family or our family members as a place of remorse and regret, and I do understand that. But sometimes we need the revelation of the Word of God to realize that separation was God's design. He allowed it, and it's a reason for Him to bring blessing on your life. Brother Gabriel... You understand this this morning. It was the blessing of God that let you be raised in your aunt and uncle's home most of your life. You know that. It's a blessing of separation. We don't understand it when we're young sometimes. We don't understand it when we're old sometimes. But I'm telling you, I know I'm just a broken record right now, but I just want this to get into your spirits this morning. 
the enemy has bombarded you and battered your mind because you've and you've believed the lie. Well, my dad wasn't there or this wasn't there or something happened to my mom at an early age or something happened to my spouse along the way. And so I lost out on, I missed out on, and I'm not denying that there were things missed as a result of that, but I'm telling you, God can take that separation and say, I know it brought pain, but he's a God that uses the separation to bring blessing, to bring blessing. Let me show you. I'm trying to finish. You, you can walk through scripture. I'm telling you, you can walk through scripture and you'll see it again and again. I just referenced Moses. Moses was separated. He was separated from his family. And then once he got old enough to sort of reconnect with them, he made a mess, made a mistake. And then he has to go all the way to the backside of the desert for another 40 years, separated from his people. And that's the guy that God used to deliver them all. Yes. Oh, are you starting to see a pattern here? Joseph was separated from his brethren, separated into prison, separated. But then in God's time, he said, now, and he elevated him. And he was used to save them all. Oh, you ever heard of Esther? Esther got separated from her family, and she lived in this house of a, a king that was a heathen king. But in time, God said, now, and Esther was used to save them all. I'm telling you right now, there are many of you, you've been separated. But do not despair. The pain of separation will turn to a point of blessing. And in God's time, he'll give you place and he'll give you voice. And you will be the catalyst that is the saving of many lives. In the name of Jesus, it will be the saving of many lives. Brother Reuben, it's going to reach into your family before God's done. Sister Santos, it's going to reach into your family before God is done. Do not despair. The pain of separation is only the preparation of the hand of God that says in due time, if you'll humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, He will exalt you in due time. You understand that exalting is not for self. It's for His glory and His purpose. It's the blessing of separation. Go back to Genesis 49. We'll try to finish. I want to show you something here. You understand, I'm not denying that Joseph missed out on some stuff. I'm not denying along the way that he went through some stuff. Not denying that for any of us either. He wouldn't have chosen those things. But God can take those things and use them. And sometimes the pain that we've gone through, most times the pain that we've gone through, watch, is less than what we would have endured had we not been separated. And it just takes some years sometimes to see that. Because the plan of God is unfolding day by day. Genesis 49. I'm going to run quickly here. So get ready, Brother Jerry. I want you to see. 
You want to hear the blessing of Jacob being prayed over some of the others? You're going to see, I want you to see in these verses what Joseph was separate from. Verse 3, Reuben, you're my firstborn, my might, the beginning of my strength, the excellency of dignity, the excellency of power. Wow, it would have been great if, if Joseph could have been around Reuben a little more, wouldn't it? Oh, but hold on, he's not done. Notice there's a colon right there at the end of verse 3. Watch verse 4. You're unstable as water. You shall not excel. You went up to your father's bed and you defiled it. Whoa, whoa. That's an influence that probably wouldn't have been good in Joseph's life. I'm going to separate you from that, Joseph. Skip down to verse 5. Simeon and Levi. Oh, there's a couple more brothers. They are instruments of cruelty are in their, where they live, instruments of cruelty are in their habitations. Joseph, that's what I separated you from. Are you seeing this? I could read, go home and read the whole chapter and you'll see, because he goes into a lot more detail than I just, than we're just skimming over right here. Judah, Judah's a good guy. Judah you are he whom your brethren will praise. Your hand shall be in the neck of your enemies. Your father's children will bow before you. Judah's a lion's whelp. My son, you are gone up. He stooped down. He cows the lion as an old man. Who shall rouse him up? The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor lawgiver from between his feet. Of course, Judah was the prophetic bloodline of Jesus Christ. Verse 14, Isaacar is a strong ass couching down between two burdens. He saw the rest was good and the land, it was pleasant. He bowed his shoulder to bear and he became a servant unto tribute. I want to separate you from that, Joseph. Verse 17, Dan shall be a serpent, by the way, an adder in the path that bites the horse's heels so that his rider shall fall back. Verse 19, Gad, a troop shall overcome him, but he shall overcome at the last. Asher's bread's fat. We see some good things with Asher and Naphtali or Naphtali. But do you see all those elements? You're thinking, man, I like what Joseph got said to him. We just read through most of the other brothers. I mean, you can even read about his little brother, Benjamin, down there in verse 27. Benjamin shall raven as a wolf. In the morning, he will devour the prey, and at night, he'll divide the spoil. These are the brethren that Joseph was separate from. And the Lord, through Jacob, said, Joseph, the blessings, all this blessings on your life, because you were separate from your brethren. Don't you know Joseph had days of regret and remorse missing his family? Would you stand with me this morning, please? He just didn't know what he missed. And there's something in the human nature that when we miss something, we always assume we missed what would have been good for us. Isn't that true? 
We missed out, right? All of the best parties are the parties you miss. <laughs> At least that's the way the human mind works, right? All of the best times together are the ones you don't get invited to. Our human nature thinks that way. And we look at what, this is how the adversary deceives people, especially young people. It says, do you realize what you're missing in the world? Do you realize what you're missing by not opening the door to this and not giving room to that in your life? Do you realize what you're missing by, and painting this picture as though you're really missing something out there. When the reality is the separation is the greatest blessing on your life. Moses was separate. Joseph was separate. Esther was separate. Daniel and the three Hebrew children were separate. I could keep going through scripture. And all of these names and heroes of faith, so many of them, they were separated from their brethren. Jephthah comes to mind. Jephthah was different, man. He was left-handed in a right-handed world. I can relate. Jephthah was left, he was so hated and despised by his brethren, he even lived outside of where they lived. But when it came time for Israel to need a judge and deliverer, they went to Jephthah and said, could you help us? And the Lord mightily used Jephthah, the one that was separated from, they didn't even view him as their full brother. Read his story. Read the ones in the here. Noah, Noah was used of God to save a generation, but Noah was separate from everybody else. Everybody else was living like the world, walking like the world, acting like the world. They didn't have time for what Noah, but Noah found grace in the eyes of God. And Noah was a preacher of righteousness. And Noah obeyed God. And Noah, through his separation and obedience to God, saved his family. Someone please hear me this morning. Yet again, there is pain. Yes, I would not deny that. But oh, the blessing of separation unto God. Oh, I know there's so much y'all miss. I do. But I see so much blessing on I see life, the blessing, and I'm so thankful. I know the separation's been painful at times. I do understand that. There's blessing, there's blessing. I could walk around the room with so many of you. I'm telling you, I'm seeing your stories. I'm seeing your life. I, I'm seeing it pass through. And I, I just feel the spirit of God in such a clear and certain way with all of the love of God reaching to you and saying, I know the pain of it, but hear the word of the Lord. There's blessing in it. You may not have seen it all yet, but there's blessing in it. There's blessing in it. Would you talk to him right now? I'm opening this altar to you. Would it be that God could, and I believe he will this morning, that he would peel back the curtain of your life and give you a perspective you've not yet had, that you would begin to see, oh God, I thought it was for evil, but you can take it and use it for good somehow. You understand, God, I may have made wrong choices. 